Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Haley. And this is How to Not Get Killed. So, hi. Hi. Today's my birthday, bitches. Happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, yeah. Is this, co- wait, is this yeah. coming out on your birthday? Yeah. So today's my birthday. Today's, oh, yes. Yeah. We're, we're not recording this on my birthday, but. Oh, that's why I was like, uh, so hesitant. Surprise. Like, <gasps> I changed my birthday to today instead. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. we did, we did surprise you today. It's true. It was a good surprise. There's Got- a, I'm looking at. You know, a, a gazillion bu- candles, <laughs> a bundle of five red balloons. Yep. I you, got, always... you have to get the reference, though, guys. Yeah, I I usually mm. do a red balloon or red balloons for Becky's birthday because Be- it's in October. Because of it. It's Halloween. It. Yeah. She loves that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love it's my that favorite? Movie? Come on, guys. So do you prefer the new one or do you prefer the Tim Curry one? I don't prefer the Tim Curry one. <laughs> only because it's hilarious like it's great and everything it's so 80s um so (laughs) which i love like i'm not shitting on that but it it, because i like that they split the new ones up i feel like when you watch the original one it by the end of it it feels like you've watched two movies straight Mm -hmm, because it's so long it's so long and it's like it and it makes sense to split it up because it has such a defining like division right like it's like a gap when they're kids and then now it's like 30 yeah. years later or whatever so plus it, bill Hader. oh i know i know I cut, and like i, I cut loved, you off because it was just like I no know. we have to get to the real point well, bill Hader in the in part two but like also the i loved the cast in the first one they did great yeah i mean like, i know me and you both love finn wolfhard like a lot yeah. and i also really like the one guy um what's his name uh the wyatt guy wyatt aleph he plays um the one dude stanley i like him stan Oh Curly yes, hair. yeah, I yeah, like yeah, him. I like him. I like I liked all of them. The I liked all the, of them. The they have the cast great. and everything for like, like kid actors. So like they did funny. great. Yeah, like all right, yeah. So so yeah, I mean, it just again, yeah. who doesn't love them? Yeah, and again, I like the original too. It's yeah. great. It's all great. I love Stephen yeah. King, in general. Yeah. So he's and my also fave. like anything with Tim Curry, I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah. This is going to be a three-parter. I know in part one, we had said we weren't sure if it was going to be a two-parter or a three-parter. Three-parter. It's, you know what, Becky? It's your favorite. He's your favorite. I, I got to do it justice. Drag it out, you know? Yeah, just this, Surprise, 75 parts. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be four seasons, 20 episodes We're going to be in like June 2022. It's like, okay, so this is part uh, 67. 894. <laughs> I have no idea how long each part will be. I have a feeling like this part, part two, is going to be the longest. Because I go deep into his, like, background first. Yeah. And then the murders, you can pretty much go through relatively quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But also. Definitely. Yeah. But it it's, you know, for listeners and stuff, yeah. like, I think we kind of set out doing this where we're like, oh, an hour episode, like, for everything is going to be great. But it, sometimes it's not that easy. No. Where sometimes you're most like, oh, that. Most of the time it's not. Yeah. You can't. It's hard to keep on time, especially yeah. when we want to be discussing things in between and we don't know how much we're going to get into or whatever so it could be shorter could be longer just deal with it yeah and thanks for listening but but on the bright (laughs) side so you have part two today part one came out yesterday and you're going to be getting part three if you're a patron on monday the 11th Mm -hmm. and then if you're a regular person who isn't part of our cool group of people 
on Wednesday, the 13th. So basically, if you want to get part three earlier, sign up to be a patron. <laughs> Do it already. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Um, yeah, we've got some great shit lined up for the rest of October. Should we spoil our secrets or leave everyone hanging? I've got I've got our secrets know. written down here in case you wanted me to spoil some of them. Spoil spoil one. Okay. Um, well, first, after Ed, we've got a great female killer we're covering. I'm not going to give out any details about that. Okay. Because I feel like not a lot of people know about this case. Yeah, I know. And I've heard about it on a couple of podcasts. So it depends on, again, like any. what people listen to. Mm-hmm. Not everyone covers it. It's, it's oh it's a dark one yeah it's really dark it's uncomfortable yeah that's all we'll say about that one yeah we're still hoping to sneak in a patreon bonus episode for patreons only i don't know why i said it like really stupidly but that's that's (laughs) how i said it deal with it um we just have to figure out when would work best for us because october is busy for both of us it's busy yeah it's busy for everyone mine and drew's birthdays are on october thanksgiving basically every single one of drew's relatives um all of their birthdays are in october like literally like every single person he's ever come in contact with their birthdays are in october that's stressful my my mom's birthday is two days after i have that written here Haley has 47 birthdays in october too (laughs) (laughs) plus thanksgiving and then on top of that we're both heading out to visit our main home slice in vancouver it's a busy it's a busy month for us yeah and then and we're doing extra and also you try you have to try and fit in all of the halloween things that you want to do all of the fall and halloween things like when am i going to go apple picking when am i going to go when am i going to carve pumpkins we got we got school we got work we got stuff like (laughs) i'm gonna cry i know and then yeah and then we also are like we're still doing our creepy freaky listener stories which is coming out just before halloween that's a bonus episode for everybody patron or not yes that'll be like the week of halloween I, I, well, I don't even know what I wrote here. It's just gibberish. <laughs> so, yeah, we've already, yeah, we've already finished our actual Halloween episode. Yes, the one that's coming out mm-hmm. the week of Halloween. You know, it's a Haley special, and it's <laughs> it's freaking good. It's oh, good. I'm excited. I mean, I don't want to, like, brag or anything, but we did a good job. You did a good job. I hope so. I like that I tried to take credit I for your episode. I was like, I did yet. fantastic. <laughs> you, did a great, you did a great job. I did a really good job participating in the episode. <laughs> that's your that's your job yeah. so yeah <laughs> you, your job is to participate participate yeah, part- yeah. Part- you got it <laughs> you got it participation marks yeah for everyone we should just every time like we take turns doing an episode like my turn i give you a blue ribbon for participating and vice versa oh that's true should we grade each other on our part- no part- because if i don't get like perfect straight a's like i'm gonna be like furious you're a grape grabber yeah 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 you're gonna be like knocking on my door. Um, excuse, me. <laughs> excuse me, can you reevaluate my exam? I only got a ninety-seven. Yeah. <laughs> I only got ninety-eight point three. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So if you want to make sure your creepy story makes it into the Halloween episode, we're just asking that you get that sent into us on or before October thirteenth. Yes, please. Yes, please do. Yeah. If That's... if not, again, like we said, we still want them. Yeah. They just might not make it into the Halloween special, but they will make it into the next episode that we do with listener stories once we accumulate enough to yeah. do another episode because yeah. i hope that happens soon i i'd like to do like the listener stories like often i feel like a lot yeah. of people have cool stories and we got to tell oh them. yeah I, well i would love to i'm, I I'm hear... excited to read everything yeah 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 good stuff good stuff and then yeah yeah so let's do like a speedy little recap from part one in case you like listen 
to it far apart or whatever yeah. just a little recap because I, I even i need a recap i know i asked you before i was like so wait where did we leave and me i was even like i don't even know i don't <laughs> even know what happened so i need to read my own recap here so in part one we covered ed's strenuous upbringing with his mother how he was treated where he spent most of his time inside the house the basement with no light you know oh, how right yes his yeah. dungeon um, we talked about the apparent signs he was showing as a child, possibly foreshadowing his future murderous tendencies. Right. Every time I write the word tendencies, I always write tentacles for some reason. And I'm like, that's not it. That's not <laughs> it. Murderous tentacles. <laughs> They're murderous tentacles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we ever yeah. covered somebody with murderous tentacles, that would yeah. be pretty awesome. I, I feel like murderous tentacles, like that's, that's, that's a cool grouping of words. I feel like that should be like our, our like. Band name? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I was trying to think like of something along that line, and but yeah, band names, right? Murderous tentacles. Murderous tentacles. All right, guys, uh, just yeah. don't hold your breath for our EP. But <laughs> no, I mean we do. You're a musician, Drew's a musician. I have zero musical inkling at all in my body, so we'll, we'll give you like a tambourine. I could dance. We all you know could, my dance moves are You are, are a great wicked. dancer. Yeah, and by great, we mean embarrassing. I'm not like actually a great dancer. I'm like a funny dancer. I think it's great. It's great to watch. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's great yeah. to watch. And you're I'm not an talented. Enter- entertaining dancer. That's that's it. It's all about Isn't the entertainment that all value. What yeah. Dance is for anyway. Exactly. Exactly. We covered the incident with the cat. I'm not going to go over that again because that. Uh I... yeah. And there were more than one incidents with pets with him. Mm. I don't know why they kept getting pets. Anyways, fucking glossing over that right away. So we talked about how he was sent off to live with his paternal grandparents as a result of the incident with the cat. Um, I also wanted to add in a little quote from Clarnell, who's Ed's mother, if you remember, as he was being sent off to live with his grandparents. This is something Clarnell was quoted of saying to Ed's father, which is Ed the second, Edmund the second, sorry, um, when she heard the news that Ed was sending Ed to live with the grandparents. Maybe I didn't phrase that right. So she says, the guy, as in Ed, um, is a really funny bird. You're taking a risk by leaving him with your parents. You may be surprised to wake up one morning and learn that they have been killed. She said that. She said that to Ed's father. Wow. And he sent them anyways. Sent him anyways. Uh, We all know how that ended. But again, like (laughs) Ed the second didn't really care for Clarnell. He also was like stated is saying that she's just like an atomic bomb like living with her was a nightmare that's why they divorced so maybe he was just like we were being fucking dramatic lady but well that's fair to say i mean like if i yeah i feel like if i was in his shoes and she's like he's gonna kill your parents he'd be like you're insane yeah because i mean from what you've told me throughout this case she sounds off her rocker yeah well she quite literally is off her fucking rocker yeah (laughs) so So, i mean fair enough but yeah yeah um i like and i also like have a problem with her saying that shit about him because like that's your child like no i'm not blaming her for causing the slew of like absolute chaos that happens but like when i think of like ed is like a child i'm thinking like whoa that's your own flesh and blood and you just straight up not only like gave up on him but you have like zero hope for his future yeah you're and just... she's just like well he's just gonna murder everybody and it's like at at that point like not that all he had done was injured an animal but like at that point all he had done in comparison to the rest of his life 
was harm an animal and he could have like gotten treatment instead of been like wow let's fucking give up on him <laughs> yeah let's just wait for him yeah. to murder people like and, yeah like so i don't know it's just fuck, fuck you i think it's safe to say we don't like her very much i i don't i mean <laughs> that's that's just me what do i know she's not getting mom of the year let's put it that way nope no she also doesn't deserve what happened to her but she still sucks yeah i'll say that now she sucks she sucks but yeah i don't know she should have just like helped him brought him to a doctor or you know kill him with kindness maybe but again what do we know we're not professionals she doesn't sound like she had a kind bone in her body no she certainly did not (laughs) no uh we also talked about his relationship with his grandfather and grandmother ed senior and maude then we talked about what he did to ed senior and maude and his reasoning behind it we talked about that and then we stopped there i did say that he was sent to tescadero state mental hospital I also want to correct myself on something I said in the last episode. I stated that it was a Tescadero State Hospital for the criminally insane. Insane? I can never talk. Everyone should just like not listen to me. Um, I should have included that this was at the time, in fact, the old name, which obviously we know that's pretty like politically incorrect. It is now a Tescadero State Mental Hospital located in San Luis, uh, California. So it just had a different name back Yeah, then, it was just like okay, yeah. a, a Tascadero for the criminally insane. Like it was, that's not like really a nice name. No, you don't, you wouldn't use that anymore. No, 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 no. 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 So I, that's why I wanted to correct it and ha- not have people email me being like, you sent this and it's not this anymore. No. And, and, and yeah, just if we ever read a name like that and this, when did this, when did this take place? What, the I don't 70s? freaking know. Yeah, 70s, 80s. Yeah, right? just be aware that it's probably, that was the name of those facilities at that time. Yeah. And they've likely been changed now. So, yeah. you know, it, it happens. It happens. It happens. And so, sorry, yes. just to recap. So mm-hmm. he shot his grandmother. He shot his grandmother. And then his grandpa came home. He came home. He didn't want his grandfather to see his dead wife. Right. So he just like went outside and shot G-Pot as well. Um, also, too, after like doing further reading, there was post-mortem stab wounds on his grandmother. So he kind of just Ooh. went like on like a rage bender to her. Yeah. So not and cool. And then did he did he call the police he did yep he called the police yeah okay well he was a kid he probably like in that moment was like oh fuck how old was he at this time 15 jesus so he's a kid yeah literally a kid like any 15 year old that i know right now i don't even think i know any 15 year olds but like (laughs) they're really like not that smart (laughs) like well (laughs) you know what i mean let's yeah let's let's just put it this way it's not your peak intelligence level at 15 and even if you are like a smart 15 year old because there there are definitely smart 15 year olds but like your like street smarts aren't there so you'll like do something that's technically like very adult of you but then two minutes later be like but mom what should i do yeah (laughs) it's like well mom wash your hands i don't know (laughs) pull up your diapy like so and then so after he had called the police on himself this is when he was sent to atascadero okay. let's jump back into it because i got all the deets yes so young ed is still only 15 at this point he's arrived to atascadero state hospital with the initial diagnosis of schizophrenia paranoid schizophrenia sorry okay which basically anyone who's ever seen or ever even just googled schizophrenia once in their life will probably agree that he certainly does not have schizophrenia I said what I said. Fucking fight me. <laughs> I feel like lumping him into that diagnosis gives the people who truly do live with schizophrenia a bad name. Mm-hmm. It's this type of misdiagnosis that, in my opinion, is what scares people into thinking that people with schizophrenia or borderline personality disorder or disassociative identity disorder are dangerous or just like naturally criminals. And that's not true. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. So if, I wanted if you that to be said. Someone like Ed Kemper, if you misdiagnose yeah. them, then you're right. You're you're yeah. lumping him in with other medical exactly. diagnoses that don't necessarily determine someone's criminality. Yeah. And then when you like place all the blame on that diagnosis, that's when it becomes like, oh, well, then all people with it must be like this. And it's like, that's not fucking true. No. There are people not. who can like live extremely normal lives with schizophrenia. Yeah. Just get treatment, get help. Absolutely. Like, it's totally fine. Totally cool. Get, get your shit together. It's all good. Let's all remember that Ed's 15. Like, I feel like at this yeah. point, like, we got to remember he's 15. So now Atascadero is an adult facility with the average age of patients slash inmates at the time was 36. Okay. Like that's quite literally like twice his age. Yeah. Um, it housed at the time 1,600 people. It was wildly overcrowded. It housed dozens and dozens of murderers and roughly about 800 sex offenders and rapists. Wow. So I wanted to note this because prior to arriving to Atascadero, Ed was of course put through like the juvenile court system. Like he had to do like essentially a trial. Um, for the murder of his grandparents in order to like determine what his sentencing was going to be it wasn't just like oh murdered okay we're dropping you off here he did have to do like a little bit of a trial um it was noted in his juvenile trial that there was a discussion about how a boy of ed's age would quite literally be dead meat in a place like a tuscadero amongst all the murderers and sex offenders and used as a and i quote sodomy toy by the older inmates The judge supposedly announced that given Ed's height and weight at the time, coupled with his extremely heartless murders of his grandparents, didn't care and sent him there anyways. Oh my god. He notably survived a Tescadero with zero molesting, as is noted in the book that I got most of my information from, uh, titled Ed Kemper, Conversations with a Killer um, by Daryl Matera. Daryl? I wrote this down wrong. I wrote Derry. Oh, it is Derry. I'm sorry. I didn't write it down wrong. Derry Matera. I thought it was just, you know, my dyslexic brain added again. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it's actually like an amazing book and it's chock full of info. I'll, I'll add it into the show notes as well for anyone's interested in reading it because mm-hmm. like I can't include every detail. Otherwise, like, again, it would literally be 20 seasons. I know. I, I completely understand, especially when it's a book and it's, it's so just fucking, it's just well so researched. Much. There's so much information. It's just so yeah, much. you're like, oh. Like, yeah. So, yeah, Ed's height and weight ended up being his, like, saving grace and main source of protection against being molested by other inmates. So did people just not fuck with him no. because he's so big? Uh, he was probably bigger than every single adult there. Well, because you said he was 6'9"? Um, yeah, his, like, c- current height is 6'9". Oh, nine. current height. But well, at 15, yeah, but still he was 6'7", so it really basically <laughs> the same. And I think he was, like, 200 and something pounds when he was... 15 i have it written down somewhere but six seven when he was 15 that's so tall i know that's so tall yeah he, yeah i'd he, be scared of him too yeah he claims that i and i don't know if this is true maybe things were just different back then but he claims that people used to like see him on the street and like scream in terror when they'd see him <laughs> <Can you imagine? laughs> and like part of me thinks like okay maybe children like because like i could see like a little kid being like what's ah, a monster yeah or, but, like a clown like, or something but right but like i I don't actually believe that people were just like, oh, it's Godzilla. Like, I don't think anybody did that. Like, that would be so irrational. No. And that would, that would just so be irrational. so humiliating. Like, oh, maybe it did happen and that's why he's so fucked up. I don't know. But but I don't believe that uh, yeah, claim. I no. think he's just very theatrical. <laughs> yeah, fair I'm enough. I'm torn with Ed. Like, I, I half of me, like, believes every word that he says. And then the other half of me is like, you're full of fucking shit. Shut yeah. the hell up. Like, so... 
this is where and when Ed was administered his first ever IQ test, which I guess is something that's usually only done once per inmate. Um, but the staff had run a second set of tests since they and Ed were both shocked by the results, which was a score of 136. Oh. So just wait. Now, obviously, people should never really take an IQ test too seriously as there's been a lot of like issues like yeah, around revolving and weighing too heavily on IQ tests to determine determine someone's actual intelligence. Well, it only measures like one type of intelligence. Exactly. Yeah. So, but anyways, let's just go on with it for now. So his first score was 136. So they were like, we're doing another one because you're 15 and that just like doesn't make sense. And yeah. Um, also, so- I, I, be- I believe the average for a, a person is... I got, I got it here. Oh, you have it. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you're going to touch on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to say it. I think it's around 100, isn't it? Yeah. 98 yeah. to 100. Yeah. 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 So that's um, quite high. Yeah. So then they did the second set of tests and this one resulted in a score of 145. So, oh, okay. Which is higher. So which one's wrong then? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they did a third one. They probably <laughs> just, can you imagine? they probably they were like, let's just stop it. there. He's like, at 200. <laughs> every time we do it, it goes up by His 10. His brain's just like, <laughs> like swelling. Like mega mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... And that's higher than just about like 99% of the American population. Like that's the statistic. I'm not just like being mean. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> don't worry. We don't hate America. We don't make up statistics yeah. here. My IQ is like four, so it's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was after this series of testing that the staff from Atascadero had tossed out his diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia, which I agree with. Yeah. Um, because they noted that the scrapping of this diagnosis was based on the fact that, and I'm going to quote, Ed showed no flight of ideas, no interference with thought, no expression of delusions or hallucinations, and no evidence of bizarre thinking. So he had no symptoms of schizophrenia. None. So they're determining he doesn't have schizophrenia. Yes. Oh, shocker. Ma- oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. So, which, okay. So, but I've also read that, like, obviously some people will likely argue that he clearly did have bizarre thinking since, you know, he killed 10 people decapitated multiple women including his own mother and her best friend but not really like bizarre thinking like to the average person who doesn't really understand schizophrenia like yeah they'll think that that falls under the category of bizarre thinking that is not the category of bizarre thinking no. I just wanted to say that so yeah yeah so they scrapped that diagnosis um but anyways, at the ripe age of 15, hearing for the first time ever that he's on paper smarter than almost, almost 100% of the general population, population. I can't even say population and he's got an IQ. Okay, I, can't, I can't say participation. Uh, population. <laughs> like one in yeah. nine times can I say that word properly. I can't say any word properly. So, <laughs> um, And that he also has a long ass slew of new diagnoses for a wh- from a like a wide panel of psychiatrists at the hospital who scrapped his schizophrenia diagnosis. They then re-diagnosed him and explained to him in full what each of the like following labels ranging from personality trait disturbance with passive aggressive type, negativistic personality disorder, antisocial and avoidant personality disorder. So they like explained all of these things to him and like gave him in great detail, like, how these titles affected him specifically if that makes sense okay okay which i i don't necessarily agree with because then like agree with them explaining it to him like in the depth that they did no 
I do agree that like when someone is diagnosed with something, they should like know what they're being diagnosed with and understand how it works. Of course. But they did it in such a way where they were like, so this is why you did this. And like, yeah, I don't know mm, if that's to a 15 year old who you've just now discovered has one of the highest IQs in possibly like the world. I don't think that was a smart decision because then he was able to kind of like write his story based off of that and excuse himself of like all of his actions. Yeah. Which he then continued to do going forward. Yeah. That's why I don't agree with it. Not no. that I'm like, no, he should have zero information to what he has. No, I don't. That's not it. It's just that I think it gave him like an excuse to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. As like a free pass out of shit. So, yeah, you know, with Ed being deemed a genius and not to mention having probably one of the most casually narcissistic personalities ever, he loved the attention. Like, he loved all of this. Mm -hmm. um, all the labels that he was receiving that essentially just chalked him up to being, like, a victim of circumstances. He started to soak up all the medical jargon that was, like, being thrown around him. They were explaining to him, like... So they were just kind of, like, feeding into his, like, already, like, a wealth of knowledge, which made it a lot easier for him to not only fully understand everything the doctors would say to him, but then in turn he was able to like do and say exactly what the doctors needed to hear in order to speed his quote unquote recovery along faster. Right. So yeah, also keep in mind he's like literally a teenager. So I feel like this is something that gets forgotten and glossed over and then also like romanticized about Ed is that everyone focuses on his IQ and his long list of varying diagnoses. But we need to highlight that this is all happening at like that ripe ass teenage time yeah, where teens are quite literally, whether they're geniuses or not, deciding who they want to be, who they want to become, what they are and what they aren't and what they like and don't like. And all the like little fine tuning that happens when you're 15. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure when I was 15, I went through like, I don't know, like a really girly girl phase. And then like the next month I was like goth and it's like, yeah, you're, you're finding your identity for the place when you're a teenager and then yeah. you pile on top all of these other things. Yeah. And that's what I mean by like you pile on top doctors being like, well, you have this, you have this, you have this. And he's like using it as his like identity Yeah, rather than like, oh, well, I just have this diagnosis. Like, yeah. oh, I have diabetes and now I have to live with this. Like, that's how it should have been handled. Like, this is how you deal with it. Not like, oh, this is your free ticket out of, like, everything you've done in the past now. Like, da -da, you know what I mean? Like, this is the cause yeah. of everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He just kind of, like, used it to develop his own, like, personal character. I don't know. So, yeah, I just feel like everything that happened up until this point, including up, all, like, soaking in all the medical terminology, like, is what he used later on down the road to quote unquote like self-reflect if that makes sense mm -hmm. um yeah and i feel like this just like sets like a framework for later actions yeah absolutely yeah so ed over time became super involved at the facility he really dove into the educational environment of a tescadero i think they like had like classes and stuff there mm -hmm. from what it sounds like um as well he also took counseling from just about anybody who offered it so like any of the psychiatrists who had like free time to do like extra therapy sessions or counseling like he took it okay um ed had now begun to help assist i'm punching the word assist underline bold it italicize it put it in red because media and the usual romanticizing of ed kemper they will say and I, you'll see it in like every document every like documentary everything that's like about ed that he administered treatment and exams to fellow patients 
not true. He assisted. Okay. I think that's important to say because like a lot of people will be like, oh yeah, he was so smart. He did this. No, he did not. They didn't just like let a prisoner who was literally a minor at the time <laughs> administer treatment and counseling and exams to fellow patients. That's fucking not true. He was an assistant. Okay. That was how he got his information. Just just needed that to be no, said. No, that's a good clarification. Because it sure. gets said all the time. And it's like, this is the problem with romanticizing certain serial killers is like, you'll take out one word and all of a sudden you give them more power than what they actually should have. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And it sounds outrageous. It's fucking If someone outrageous. tells me that a 15-year-old kid... It's a lie. It's fake news. <laughs> ...treatment to yeah. other prisoners and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds outrageous. Whereas you're saying, oh, he assisted... a professional yeah so he very well could have just been sitting there with a clipboard yeah but like hollywood makes it sound like he literally was like doing like the anal probing himself he's like the top doctor in the facility (laughs) he has like his own prescription pad everything like like dr spencer it's like showing everybody up okay now that's a show i'd watch (laughs) um yeah so he assisted the medical professionals administered tests and exams based on the sheer fact alone that he was eager to apparently learn and recover and rehabilitate himself. So that was like the... I'm yeah. sure he was eager to learn. He, uh, recover, I don't know. I but... don't know. This is what was said. Yeah. He's learning a lot. Let's put it that way. Yes. He's learning a lot right now. Now, obviously, we know that this was a horrible idea. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I can, however, see why maybe, just maybe, and I want to just like really just maybe... That at the time, the doctors and staff there thought that it might be an okay idea. I could see why they might think that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Again, especially, like, think about if you were working in this facility. And again, this is a 15-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. And he's among all of these, like... I'm getting into it, don't worry. adults and things like that. And uh, I feel like I I would feel a sense of, like... Again, I know he's a big dude, but like pity almost. Like yeah, or yeah. like you want to be a little bit protective, and you think that maybe, or you think he has a chance. He has a chance if Which he, he did. can again, like assist these professionals, or or be involved with yeah. all of the psychiatrists and everything. Like that all sat like to me. I'm like, oh okay. Like if I was working there, I'd be like, Ed's really like working yeah. on himself, and he's, you know. And he's so charming. Yeah, too. yeah. And I can only exactly. imagine that like young Ed was probably even more charming than he is now. Yeah, he was probably that, like, just sort of like air yeah. of innocent youth if you watch bit, right? yeah and exactly that coupled with like how smooth of a talker he really mm-hmm. is like yeah it probably worked like yeah absolutely so like this kind of gave him that like false sense of superiority over everyone else naturally and also helped him basically learn how to trick these same medical professionals later i'm also using the word trick pretty lightly because i don't wholeheartedly believe that he truly believed he was tricking anyone does that make sense Okay, you don't think you don't think he believed he was tricking anyone? Yes. <laughs> I I but what I'm trying to say is I don't think that the goal was in Ed's mind to trick the staff, but more so that it was just learned behavior, monkey see, monkey do. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. And I know Ed is deemed extremely intelligent, and that alone is what makes me believe that all this time alongside the professionals, as well as undergoing the tests himself, is what essentially just naturally conditioned him to say and behave certain ways at specific times in order to appear rehabilitated and ready for society. And I think that Ed's intelligence is what compelled him to say that it was all an elaborate ruse. Do you know what I mean? 
Right. So I think in his smart brain that he does in fact have, that's what made him think to say, I'm going to say that I planned this, even though I didn't, because I need to appear as intelligent as I am. And if I just say like, oh, well, I just like learned this and just did it this way, it makes him sound stupid. Yeah. Or it makes it sound like a fluke or an accident. Yeah. Or like, oh, you were just an impressionable kid who learned from other people. Yeah. Whereas so he kind of want to wants to come he off wants more to come like, off smarter no, than everybody else. I was like a else. mastermind, and like I... a true sociopathic narcissist. Of course, yeah. So, but that's the thing is like again in a lot of like other like podcast documentaries, books you'll read, it'll be like, oh, he tricked, he outsmarted. No, don't give him more credit. He didn't actually outsmart anybody. He literally just did monkey see, monkey do. This is the right answer. This is the wrong answer that it wasn't like oh i'm so evil and intelligent the only evil and intelligent thing was for him to say that he was so evil and intelligent that he planned it he basically he he paid attention yeah again he He paid attention and he learned it yeah Yeah. that would be like me saying like oh in high school i learned from my math teacher math and now i've outsmarted him and i know more math than him No, I just learned math. Like, yeah, yeah, just exactly. like no, you just learned the math. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, that's that's my point on that. Anyways, Ed spent most of his free time, if you will, at a Tescadero with a group of particular rapists and other sex offenders who quite happily shared all of their horrifying experiences with Ed. You know, things like techniques and such, oh. and how to quote unquote not get caught, or you know what feels really good and what doesn't. I don't know if you should be taking advice about how to not get caught from someone who's currently in that, a facility. Thank you. <laughs> that was literally going to be my next point is like, this is what tells me that Ed isn't as smart as he leads on to have people believe yeah. because this is who he's getting his advice from of how to not get caught, which mind you, he, yeah, he almost didn't get caught. Yeah. I mean, he, he would have, yeah. again, I think, I think if it was an inmate talking to a young future serial killer who wasn't as intelligent as ed um probably maybe would have gotten caught sooner or just again wouldn't have gotten so close to getting away with it i think he was probably intelligent enough to listen and be like okay but they're giving me this advice but i can take that and probably something else again make my own conclusions as to how to make this better or how to plan this better exactly yeah um yeah obviously a lot of the experiences that these rapists would share with Ed merged sex and violence together and pain, which obviously to some degree rewrote what could have possibly been a really like regular future sex life for Ed. Right. Cause prior to this, he's like noted from his counselors of like not really having like violent sexual fantasies. It was kind of like after being like integrated with the rapists and sexual offenders that this is when he started masturbating more often admitting to his counselors that he was having like violent very dominating sexual fantasies right. so again monkey see monkey do yeah who knows what could have happened if he wasn't exposed to all of that right? exactly and yeah. this is why i think like this is why i said in part one like i think so many different things failed ed like i don't know so this this here is what i think is like super important to note because ed later on in life goes on to explain that Um, his actions like so poetically and how everything he has done has like a distinct reason that all relates back to his mother and childhood right like he he does that like he really poeticizes everything and makes it it sounds like he's telling somebody else's story rather than like his own personal memory right which like if you talk to anybody about like 
a childhood memory they have it's never like phrased in such a way that you're like oh that should be a story it's always like oh that just sounds like you know like a funny memory you had or a bad memory like i don't know it's just like the wording he uses i'm like you're yeah you're fluffing that a bit yeah um he's creating his own version of the narrative yeah in a way yeah and like i think to me that's kind of like what blows his cover in my eyes of like i don't know him not being as smart as he is because he is yeah i don't know Uh, it's just me um yeah but i think like the fact that everybody eats up his like romanticized story is what feeds his narcissism like i think the only factor here is that he like learned to combine sex and violence together from rapists whom he admired for whatever reason and again it would be pretty fucking dumb as shit for him to just admit that he learned this shit from other criminals and strive to be like them like that would be stupid of him of course yeah so i think he enjoys making himself sound smarter by saying like you know oh like I I did this. I decapitated someone because when I was a child, I decapitated my sister's doll. So for him, yeah. building that like romantic story of like something from his childhood, which is why he did this in adulthood, like that's like just learned behavior and yeah. he wants to sound smarter. So if he says that, people and therapists will be like, oh, he's connecting his own like history. Yeah, he's and psychoanalyzing himself. Exactly. Because he's so intelligent. Because he he's so smart. But yeah. really, he just learned from a bunch of rapists that you better cut off the head, otherwise they can identify the body. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally exactly. it. So it's like, no, he just doesn't want to sound stupid, so he's sounding smarter. Yeah. Like, yeah. So he's smart for doing that, for trying to make himself yeah. sound smarter. Yeah, of course. But I think it's pretty dumb of us all to just like sit here and blindly take everything he says as fact when there's actual facts to consider mm-hmm. so of course that's that's that just kidding that's not that there's so much more <laughs> you looked at me like that's <laughs> the end of the, like, that's the end Wait, <laughs> that what? was like 10 minutes <laughs> okay so after serving his full sentence at a tuscadero and at the ripe age of 21 still a very youthful age Ed was marked as fully rehabilitated and was officially released back into society on December 18th, 1969. Pretty sure December 18th is his birthday, actually. I gotta double check here. Pretty sure it is. You would know his birthday. I, I would. It is. Yeah, he was released on his birthday. <laughs> you send him like a birthday card yeah, or something. Old, old Eddie coming Kemp. It's <laughs> coming up. Should we send him a birthday card? Big I'm sure he gets a lot of he them. Probably he does. probably gets so much. Oh, I'm like sweating right now. Jesus <laughs> it just got so hot. Um, so yeah, he was released on December 18th on parole, of course, having to apparently still check in with parole officers on occasion. I'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because he's got a story. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he left to Tascadero with a GED, which is like the general education um, diploma. So he got that while serving time at a Tascadero, which is mm-hmm. good that he got his education. That's high school, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I know we just call it something different here, but that's... I can't... I don't know what we call it I here. we call it here. I don't know. I, I There is a name for it. There is a like name, but... Basically a high school it's education. It's the equivalency, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, his ticket to a new life. It seemed as though at this time that people in the local area, which is like California, San San Louis area, some mm. I should have wrote this down. I never write down like the important stuff, <laughs> like the location. Where this never. happen? I don't know Norway. Uh- <laughs> I literally never write down locations. I'm like, I feel like people are gonna start like messaging me, being like, "But where?" <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, "I don't fucking know." I know I did that with Clifford Olsen too, where I'm like, "Remote areas." And <laughs> the bodies like, what are in these- remote areas. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know, some fucking lake somewhere. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> The worst true crime like podcasters it's, ever. It's also nerve wracking when you like you just don't know the area. So 
like i don't want to sometimes i'm worried where i'm like well like the body was found um on the bank of this river blah blah, blah and like someone would write and be like that river doesn't exist there's yeah. no bank there you're like false. i don't know what you're talking about there's no forest there it's all just open field. i don't know you know i get yeah. nervous about that so i'm just i generalize yeah yeah so people in whatever their local area was <laughs> had forgotten about ed now obviously back when he was 15 you know and he you know when he murdered his grandparents it made the news like it did i would imagine it, it made the fucking news <laughs> but enough time had passed that people didn't really remember nor did the officials alert the media or anyone in his chosen community of his release wow which i guess is normal i don't know i'm surprised though i mean like six years isn't really a long time i think it was because he was maybe a minor when it happened they probably were like well we'll give I don't him another know. shot i don't know that part we'll That's... give him another shot literally yeah quite literally <laughs> pun intended <laughs> um but anyways regardless even if they did announce this i still don't think people in the area would have cared because the the focus in the area at this specific time was nowhere near being on ed because any true crime person would note that this year and see that this is exactly when the manson murders had taken place yes media was covering this like freaking crazy and i guess That's there was true. also another murderer can't remember his name it's like hubert something i i'll update that maybe in part three yeah, there was a lot there was going there was on. one other like actual like serial mm -hmm. murderer who at the time was like also making headlines alongside manson yeah i also don't think that the letters had started yet but the zodiac started in like the late 60s True. as well yeah it, like, this, that's what i mean there was a lot yeah. going on not just in the states but like especially in california yeah. between the late 60s and early 80s there exactly was so many serial killers and two with like the manson murders being targeted like to celebrities exactly it was like it was like the media who's was, gonna care about yeah. this young kid who murdered his grandparents like honestly that in comparison yeah. to like local people to the murder no of one would care about. like no it's, no it's gonna pale in comparison it's exactly yeah. which is sad but but it's yeah but it's the way the media works yeah so now he's free and rather than being like an average 21 year old exploring drugs booze rock and roll he just completely reverted back to his like insecure and mentally unstable ways Rather than starting fresh and moving as far away from his mother as humanly possible, which his psychiatrists actually told him to do, they told him to cut complete ties, don't even send Christmas cards, just move somewhere as far away from her as possible because, yeah. they, because they were also she's toxic. Yeah. Like for their relationship was toxic. Yeah. Maybe she was fine to other people because it Maybe sounds she was like fine his, to his sisters. I don't which know. But... They, they do say that she was okay. Okay. But I, he, but you're you're right. Their relationship obviously their relationship toxic, alone, yeah. which, whatever. So he he went right back to her. Why? He himself even at the time blamed a lot of his like behaviors on her. So it's like okay, if you really but, do think she's the cause of your murderous tentacles, then Oh, I man. had to. I had to. Oh, I can't wait to make merch. I, I want like a murderous shirt, murderous tentacles. tentacles. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I'm, I love it. I'm so I, happy that my like actual like diagnosed dyslexia is coming in to like <laughs> really like I don't know spark it, a fire in our lives. It's coming in handy. Absolutely, it is. It's good. It and makes people laugh. I mean, it makes me cry inside. But like, <laughs> but yeah, um, he went straight back to her, which to me sounds pretty stupid for someone who's supposed to be you know extremely intelligent, right? Well, pretty fucking stupid. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm confused too as to like why would she even like take him back? 
I don't know. It sounds like she hates him. It does. It sounds like he kind of hates her. I, I think it's so... just like, I think maybe that one sliver of like mother's, uh, in her case, like pity. I don't like he doesn't have anywhere else to go, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was paying rent and it was just like, fine, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That part, I actually have no idea why she took him back. Do you know if he went back to the basement? No. Oh. He didn't. He had a room now. But I think it's because he was an adult and I don't know. You can only lock children away in a dark Yeah, because yeah, that yeah. makes more sense, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. So you, you have to like, that's your opportunity to fuck up their development. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> fucking prime time, motherfucker. <laughs> so yeah, he talks a bit about what it was like coming out of a Tescadero to see people his age after spending the last like six-ish years surrounded by people almost twice his age or older, mm-hmm. who again, most of them were either doctors or murderers, rapists, and sex offenders. <laughs> he says, this is his quote, when I got out on the street, it was like being on a strange planet. People my age were not talking the same language. I had beli- I had been living with people older than I was for so long that I myself was an old fogey. Which is true. Yeah. Because, like, the interviews from his 20s when he, you know, murdered a million people, he sounds like he's, like, 60. Like, the yeah. way he words things, he does sound like a very old, mature human being. Well, you don't... I guess you don't really think about that. Like, what if you took a... 15 year old or a young teenager adolescent and then just put them in a facility with people twice their age and older mm-hmm. and for six years yeah it makes sense like he would yeah. come out you just feeling pick up older their than language is. yeah and and two keep in mind like a lot of his time was spent like alongside the doctors and the psychiatrists yeah. who i'm gonna in my head i hope they were talking professionally and not like using slang and like I don't i'm know, sure just... they uh, yeah i'm sure they were so he probably picked up most of his like communication skills from them and and vocabulary and it shows. right like yeah. if, you, if you're alongside a doctor who obviously is like an intelligent person you can't really like get through medical school without being like yeah pretty intelligent um so like the vocabulary of of those people that he, the things the words he would yeah. pick up like he just probably would sound way way older sm- than he is way yeah. older and way smarter yeah like, absolutely yeah, I mean, he's already smart to begin with but but because he's so intelligent he's able to pick up those words and phrases and again like those communication techniques and Mm -hmm. use them in a way that maybe someone less intelligent wouldn't be able to do like you can say a word to someone but if they don't understand it in context or they just they won't be able to they won't be able to use it it. yeah exactly exactly so he's out and about he's being an old fogey as per his words (laughs) living living with ma i love that word like i I know i'm gonna i'm recirculating that back into my vocabulary (laughs) not that it was ever there to begin with (laughs) it is now so ed started working as a laborer with the california state public works division of highways he apparently here (laughs) gained the nickname by co-workers of forklift (laughs) from like being able to carry like 98 pound cement bags (laughs) in each arm so, like, I'm not good at math, but how much is 98 times two? <laughs> he could carry 198 under one arm. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, they started calling him Forklift. That <laughs> has nothing at all to do with, like, the story. I just, like, I read that no, and I was just like, that's, that's fucking hilarious. I love a good nickname. Like, I love when someone's <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, yeah, we call him Speedboat. It's like, <laughs> what's the story here? I need to know. <laughs> like... <laughs> So he did a lot of labor work for the highway division as well as like um, 
I think he patrolled a little bit. I don't think he like had the like authority to pull anyone over, but he was yeah. really familiar with the like highway areas because he did like the labor work, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also was really familiar with the officers that worked on like the usual patrol around there. Keep that in mind for later. <laughs> Save that one for Save, later. Put that in your pocket for later <laughs> for midnight snack. <laughs> Um, so Ed at this point in his life had aspirations, <laughs> I wrote apparitions. He <laughs> had apparitions of us? Yes. In your bedroom, uh, just above your just bed. floating. <laughs> he had aspirations <laughs> of becoming a police officer. And, like, I always, like, hear people be like, oh, yeah, this one criminal really wanted to become a police officer so that he could dominate people. And it's like, well, sure. Like, I'm sure that had something to do with it. But I also know about 45,000 guys that I went to high school with that also wanted to be police officers. I don't think this one criminal special for wanting to be a police officer. No, no. I think that I think it's uh, I think it's a common thing to like not to shit on police officers i'm just saying i think it's common in the type of people sometimes that want to be in law enforcement because it is a role of power and dominance right like i think that appeals to certain people yeah i yeah so you're right i don't think that's special really yeah and in order to you know eventually become a police officer though he had to um, have his juvenile record sealed which required him to get two more psychiatrists to sign off on this that happened Okay. He was able to, like, smooth talk with a psychiatrist, have his juvenile record, like, essentially expunged. So. Okay. Which, okay. I mean, yes and no. Like. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, I mean, we know we all know how the story ends. So, I mean, it's, it's obviously yeah. easy for us to say, like, that was a bad idea. But. But again, like, maybe if so many other systems yeah. going forward didn't fail him, it could have been okay. And again, I think a lot of people were hoping that they were giving him another chance yeah yeah so um ed also talks about his first date ever which was also around the age of 21 shortly after his release i i do want to quote what he says about this date because in my opinion it's one of the more like generic and relatable things he says okay through all of his like interviews and quotes and everything like that um he goes Three months after I was out, I was back into the fantasy bay. My first date was an absolute disaster. It wasn't her fault, you know, and I didn't blame her even then. It was just awful. It wasn't sexual. I was such a dork taking her to a John Wayne movie and to Denny's. It was terrible. I had never been on a date. At 16, this was cool, you know. I was locked up since I was 15, but I can't tell her that. Oh, gee, don't mind me, you know. Been locked up. She got kind of hung up on my looks or whatever. I mean, she's a gorgeous young lady, pure class, and she saw something there that wasn't there, and boy, did she find out quick. Now, he obviously didn't kill this person. That's the end of the quote. But it just seemed relatable as in like he's yeah. going on about this awful date and how like he didn't know where to take her and stuff like he didn't know how to communicate with women yeah. he had spent his entire life with his mom being told he's never going to find anyone that loves him no woman's ever going to love him you're such a freak you're a weirdo all this stuff he spends most of you know his youth alongside rapists and sexual offenders who yeah. i'm just going to assume most of the people there were male that could be a very false assumption but so let's say he's spending time with a lot of like heterosexual males in there who view women like literal objects yeah yeah he's confused and you're like 
between 15 and 21 like that's when you figure out how to talk to girls 21's usually when everyone's like out dating multiple partners exploring what they like yeah. and don't like and, and finding those, their sexuality those like, years are when you make those like awkward mistakes or, or you have those awkward dates like everyone has those right or yeah. like you're just figuring out again how to be like a person in society as well as a person seeking relationship exactly and he missed all of that yeah and and you're right it is a really relatable quote because he's like well this this was cool back when i was 15 yeah but i just felt like a dork like just that line alone mm-hmm. i think almost anyone can relate to like yes. everyone's been in a position where they're like i just feel like a dork right yeah. now then the next line that i want that like struck me and this is what relates back to something we were talking about in the jasmine and jeremy case is how he was like i can't tell her that i was just locked up but right. he wanted yeah. to yeah. and he made like the comment of like oh gee don't mind me you know and it's like that yeah. was probably really rough because okay as awful as it sounds had he been able to just talk about what he had done and what maybe he was hopefully recovering from let's say he was at the time properly rehabilitated mm-hmm. had he found one person to at least empathize with him at the time things might have been different yeah but because there's like such a stigma around doing time or doing anything basically criminal related, you don't get to talk about that because there's two types no. of people, the criminals that have to keep their like lives a secret because it's like literally such a shameful thing that they've done and they're just going to be judged for the rest of their lives. Like, for example, Jasmine, she has to change her name, move somewhere else, and she probably yeah. can never talk about her life again. No, like, like we did talk about that where I was like, if I was her, I'd probably you don't just get be to like, really... my parents died when I was young and no one will ask about it beyond that. Exactly. And, and for sure. And again, like. It's such it's, a gray it's, area, it's but gray, it's just of like. Of course, because like, I'm not saying that people who killed their grandparents or killed their own parents, sh- you know, that they don't like you there are consequences you gotta live of with that course, there yeah. are consequences to those actions it's not like oh i broke into someone's yes. house and i went to jail for six years and i can't talk about that because i'm shamed by the public like that's different it's a, like, yeah you did hurt you you killed two people yes so yeah that is difficult to talk about it, it you there would be almost no one you could find yeah that you could talk about that with that would be able to empathize with you unfortunately and for i agree yeah but this is what i mean by like had someone had he been able to talk about this with someone without facing the repercussions of judgment maybe he might have felt accepted yeah and maybe not have done i don't know these are all maybes right yeah it's all hypotheticals right so yeah and then also like for him to say like oh she got hung up on my looks or whatever i don't know what he meant by that do you mean do you think he meant like she said yes to the date because she thought i was attractive but then she found out real quick that i'm a dork I, that's what I that's what I took it as. Yeah. Or I, if he was saying like, oh, she got hung up on my looks because I'm too tall and ugly. Maybe. Which is something like his mom had told him. Yeah. Like maybe. you're a giant freak. No one will find you attractive. I like, will say like, if, I'm sorry. Like even if you had like, if you were Brad Pitt, but you were like six, nine, I mean, that's still not everyone's into that. Like I'm just saying. Let's agree to disagree. I know, I know. I I, I, I know you're into that. I'm saying not everyone. <laughs> Don't say that. I get exposed every also, episode with Becky, who I find I'm, attractive, and I'm Drew's five, listening to this. Like, oh, I'm five two. Like you're I like know. what five seven? Yeah, but that's not as intimidating. I'm not five seven. I'm five nine. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. I make me sound like a short little shrimp. <laughs> I'm five two. Okay, I can barely reach the top of the fridge. Like. <laughs> 
<laughs> you little peanut. <laughs> when I started dating Luke, honestly, like the first like month in, he goes, we're sitting on the couch. He goes, oh, um, I want to tell you before I forget. And he goes into the storage closet and he brings out a stepladder. And he's like, if I'm ever not here. Marry him. <laughs> um, he, this is where my stepladder is. Marry Have, him. Has anyone ever done that to you, Becky? <laughs> no, no. But- <laughs> so I'm afraid of someone who's 6'9", okay? <laughs> oh my god it's so funny i like to pretend like i'm so like small and like delicate and dainty in comparison to drew but we're like really pretty much the same height like and like it just no 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 one's ever pulled out like a step ladder for me and no one says those cute things because i'm all tiny and petite that doesn't happen to me okay (laughs) fuck you (laughs) life is hard down here it's true it's true the weather's great up here so i bet so let's back to ed Back to Ed. Yes. <laughs> so now, you know, Ed's living at home with Clarnell, which, you know, doctors have chalked this up to being his own degree of Stockholm syndrome. LOL. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they they lived at 609A Ord Street, which was near Santa Cruz. This was because Clarnell needed to be near her work, which was um, being an administrative assistant to the provost of Adlai E. Stevenson College. I hope I'm saying that school name right, Um, which was like a residential college at the University of California. So a fun little quote from Ed about what his mom was like at work versus at home. She was Mrs. Wonderful on the campus, had everything under control. When she comes home, she lets everything down and she's just a pure bitch, busts her butt being super nice at work and comes home at night and is a shit. Just is a shit. She is a shit. Well, that's one way to describe somebody. I get it. I, I mean... In her gets off hours, <laughs> gets her, I, you know what? I do like calling people a shit. It's fun. You little shit. You're a little shit. You're just yeah. like a poop. You're not even like a pile of poop. You're just like one turd. You're a turd. A turd. <laughs> the one singular. So in her off hours from work, she's noted as being a really heavy drinker, as we noted in part one. Mm-hmm. I think she also needed help. Like she needed fucking help, clearly. If oh, she's I'm like sure. a raging alcoholic in her spare yeah. time treating her son like an absolute monster which yes at the time he technically was an absolute monster he did kill people but like so many things went wrong with this family like so many things went wrong yeah so ed did take a couple of classes in satellite locations for the university like in and around the area he took a few criminal law classes etc things like that that like you know interested him because he did want to be a police officer right So now with taking some classes and like looking into what actually like it took to become a police officer, he um, found out that the local police had a minimum and a maximum height requirement. And of course, was way over the maximum. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah. Which I don't understand. I don't understand that either. I I don't understand why there would be a minimum or maximum. Uh, No. But that, I don't know. If you're good at your job, you're good at your job. Like, yeah, I don't think height has anything to do with your capability to enforce law also like wouldn't i don't know like i I don't want to discriminate against my own people which is short people people. but (laughs) the oompa-loompas of the world like me you 30 seconds ago just said you needed to use a step stool to get stuff off the top of the fridge though so pretty sure you know (laughs) no that's what i'm saying i don't want to discriminate against short people but it would make more sense to me if they only had a minimum requirement. Hey, you like said how, it. How could <laughs> no, him being 6'9 not be an asset to the police I know. force? I, I had read a couple of things saying that it would be like too intimidating for someone that large to be carrying a weapon, which like, sure, Fair. but we wouldn't have any uniforms that would fit him. Like, 
I don't know, get a good seamstress, maybe like someone who can like whip together. You know, picturing him with like pants that are like yeah. capris and like. Well, his like first like prison jumpsuit is quite literally that. Like, I would imagine it's like so. floating above his ankles and like his wrists. <laughs> it's like he looks like a monster. In it. Like it's just ripping through. They created the big and tall stores specifically because they of were Ed like, Kemper. "Fuck, we gotta we gotta do something for these guys." Um, so you know this obviously like upset him because he's like well what the fuck mm-hmm. you know he he did at this time spend a lot of time at um a bar that was across from i think like one of the police stations there it's called the jury room he would hang out with a lot of the local police befriend them you know they referred to him as like a friendly nuisance apparently because he was just like so involved in talking about cases and stuff right which okay. he would later on go to converse with these police officers who were actually investigating him. Oh. Yeah. But so he did know a lot of the like local police officers from just hanging out there and simply just right. they all said he was a very charming polite guy and they didn't really mind his presence, really. Right. Yeah. And again, he's extremely charming and really polite. Yeah. Like when you go watch any interview, maybe I'll post like some like little snippety clippets of him. Yeah. Or like we said like if you've seen Mine Hunter, like of course that's not him, but like the again the, the actor plays him so oh my well. god i can only imagine that it's word for word he, verbatim and yeah. like it's just you yeah it's you just watch a clip of that on youtube as well i mean it's yeah. just go watch Mindhunter. like oh, if you haven't already it. please oh my god we need I to up the viewership so that they green light I know. actually season though, three so serious please go watch it watch like just leave it on repeat in the background because if we get those views up maybe they will bring back yeah. and do the season three like i know they will eventually but like we want it to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So at this time too, Ed also claims, again, I don't know how much we can really believe any of his fucking bullshit claims, but he yeah. claims that his parole officers were not doing their jobs in keeping him in line. He claims that he was supposed to have his parole officer check in every other week. And then on the opposite week, he was to see a social worker. He okay. claims that he never saw any of them. They never checked in. He claims that he called them himself to see if there was something wrong, like on their end. They apparently had told him, we'll, we'll get to you. They never did. According to him, this to me still sounds a lot like himself painting his own image of him being this like weird hero. Um, If that makes sense, kind of like really passing the buck. Mm-hmm. it's kind of him being like hey you know they had every opportunity to stop me i even tried to have them stop me but no one checked in on me so you know is there it, any sort of like in the book that you read there's any sort of like documentation of that's the documentation of him saying they the they weren't able to find any documentation like yeah. i know he did check in one time later he physically went in but this was to um sign off like the paperwork of his like parole paper um his records being sealed okay but that was like the only time that was like documented that he actually like went in to check with the officers i just feel like i'm only playing i'm only playing devil's advocate here just because i feel like with someone as again like notorious as ed kemper and and we do the you know the public does when we find out someone like this like we've talked about jeffrey dahmer or ed kemper whoever when you go back and you analyze the system and how it failed them um 
if his parole officer was like, no, I did contact him. We did have meetings. Like, I just feel like that stuff would have come out yeah. because they would have wanted to cover their asses. Yeah. But I, I haven't said, any, I haven't seen anything myself. Yeah. And so that's the only reason why I feel like it could be possible. It could be. It could be possible. And again, in a lot of cases, we do hear a lot about parole officers just having like extreme caseloads and like they all they're did. completely overworked. Yeah. And, um, and, and again that's a problem with the system not with the individual parole officer but it's possible i, I do agree it you is, know it that's is that's possible. my only thought is that like if there were records like if i was that parole officer yeah that, like, i did go years later they're like you were at kemper's parole I did my officer you didn't meet with him i'd be like no 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 guys look i have it all imagine here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that guy got fired for sure <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know. That's just, I, I'd be like with my planner. I'd be like, oh my god, uh, um, January nineteenth. I was there at three forty-three exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so I do agree. I do think it's extremely possible that nobody checked in on him. What I don't like is that like that's in his mind, his logical and intelligent way of being like, well, you know, I tried. Yeah, he's using <laughs> and it, and it's to... just like you think you sound smart saying that, but you're you actually sound really stupid for like. I don't know, admitting that like things were so out of your control that what someone coming to check on you once a week was going to stop you from murdering people. Shut the fuck yeah, up. You'd just be doing it in between. Yeah. Which, we'll fucking get there. <laughs> <laughs> Which, let me continue. <laughs> so Ed goes on at this point in his life to say that he did reach out to his father and had met him at a local restaurant, again, local, I don't fucking know where, <laughs> um, to attempt to make amends. In Ed's version of the story things went well according to him and that his father had forgiven him for killing you know his parents okay and that after this experience he never spoke to his father again i also couldn't find anything to corroborate ed's end of the story okay um so i i don't think that amend was ever made but ed's technical stepbrother um had apparently spoke to media like later on in life saying that um their their mutual father was forever haunted by what had happened and he had never been able to forgive himself for sending ed to stay with his parents that year and it was only on his deathbed that he was able to forgive guy which was a nickname that was often used for ed um, for what had happened um, ed's father had passed away on january 19th 1985 which was 14 years after their apparent meet up for lunch and air cleaning so okay. Ed's father did pass away knowing everything he had gone on to do, like all of the murders he had accomplished. Right. Yeah. So accomplished is not the right word, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. He died knowing what his son had become after killing his own parents. Like that's pretty that's fucking sad. That's, that's a lot. lot. That's yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I, I the, uh, the guilt. Yeah. That you it just feel, eats you I alive. Can't, I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we're moving along here. Ed buys a new car for himself. He was able to afford this because I guess he had like gotten to some like motorcycle accident or like moped type accident. And he got like a settlement for, I think it was like $15,000 or something along those lines. Wow, okay. So that's how he was able to afford his car. Cause I know someone will ask me that. Um, <laughs> no one's going to ask me that. I'm always like, someone's going to ask me this I know, question. You always want to be like, like it's yeah. those minor details. That yeah. someone's gonna be like, Wait, how did he afford a car when he just yeah. got out of jail and whatever? And all this, and you're like, well, yeah well here's how <laughs> and then bitch. you spend an hour researching <laughs> yeah. just that one incident yeah so he got an 18 foot long yellow two-door ford galaxy 500 wow i think from like history's experience just like never get into a yellow car <laughs> <laughs> 
yellow or beige don't do it <laughs> yellow or beige if, it, if it's a van with no logo on the side i feel like with like did windows don't do it guys like ted bundy had a yellow car like it didn't i feel like jeffrey Dahmer had a yellow car if he didn't he does now in my memory <laughs> i don't think it's yellow but i will look into that it's probably red if it's yellow, I'm going to freak out. We're just going to be like, ah, oh, like a scream. special episode on like colors <laughs> of serial car. killers cars. I'm making, so that, that actually adds into something I want to share. I'm making a spreadsheet of all of the things that like all of our like really famous serial killers have in common and what they don't have in common. Cause I want to find trends. I like finding patterns. Yeah. And, like even like weird ones. It's like, like the head trauma stuff, you know, all the stuff. Color of their color car. Of the car. Yeah. This it is might great. come in handy. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be sending this information to the FBI one day. Honestly, that would be pretty fucking cool. So, <laughs> so now Ed's out cruising, <laughs> driving down the street in his fucking wicked yellow two-door car. Uh, he notices there's a lot of hitchhikers everywhere. A lot of them are like college, young, pretty girls, you know. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to start picking girls up here and there and drive them around. He claims that this was to like study girls to see like what they liked and didn't like and work on his communication with them. Fair. Okay. Which, like, at the time, if that was his only plan, okay. Sure. Yeah. If a that lot was of people hitchhiked plan. and didn't murder or get murdered. So, but then also a lot of people did get murdered and murder. So, mm-hmm. so now that he's slowly getting more comfortable with them and things are going a little bit more smoothly for him, he started equipping his car with kill kits just to see how it felt. Wait, with kill kits? Kill kits. Yep. <laughs> Stocked full with different knives swords i laughed at that one because swords are so- swords I, how big are the swords i didn't say it just said swords he like um, pulls out like a katana or something <laughs> that's like, like what i was hello, hello. <laughs> i he never Check used out my sword he never used a sword ah so i don't know why maybe maybe that's false information but it said swords <laughs> towels blankets garrots ropes belts handcuffs large plastic bags you know, anything someone would put in a kill kit. What do you, what would you put in a kill kit? Change of clothes, you know, tarps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chainsaws. Oh, I don't freaking Masks. Corkscrews. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, is that what you'd use? Well, I like you... wine, you know, it's a dual <laughs> it's purpose. <laughs> it's just, yeah, but if you have a bottle of wine, you have a person you need to kill. Oh, were you about to say a bottle of blood? <laughs> a bottle of wine. No, not a bottle of blood. <laughs> you freak. <laughs> Me, you freak. <laughs> Ed also figured out a way to jam the handle on the passenger seat door so that, like, after he would pick someone up, like, they couldn't open it themselves. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Something that Ted Bundy had also done, except Ted Bundy just removed the handle altogether. <laughs> um, Straight to the point. So, you know, Ed's, Ed's way is, like, a little, a little smarter than Ted Bundy's way. It's, like, less yeah. obvious because I feel like I would be someone who'd look at the door handle and be like, oh, well, fuck, I'm getting murdered. That's for damn sure. But you wouldn't see what he had done. Yeah, absolutely. So he did this by being such a gentleman. He would reach across the girl to chivalrously. I didn't say that right. <laughs> chivalrously. Close the door for them when he would reach across to be like, oh, let me make sure this door is closed for you nice and securely he would drop a chapstick into the door handle and it would jam it so you wouldn't be able to open it like it would jam it the way door handles worked back in the 18th century (laughs) (laughs) back when dinosaurs roamed the earth (laughs) no it it actually it i wonder what kind of chapstick it was this should go on the spreadsheet too i 
you know, I looked. I couldn't find what brand it was. Damn. I hope to God it wasn't Burt's Bees. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I, Becky, if it was I've Burt's Bees. got my Burt's Bees right here. I know. We're not sponsored to say Burt's Bees, but hey, Burt's Bees, if you want to sponsor us, I'm fucking ready we for you. We love you. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> so Ed drove girls around and just about anyone who needed a ride for about a year after getting in his car. I think he claims that there was upwards of 150 to thousands of people that he had drove around. It's so, quite a range. Okay, so... This is bef- like he's picking up girls. He's just driving them around at yep. this point to learn their behaviors. So get to is me- he jamming the car handle? And this then- is something he did later. Oh, okay, so he's not he's jamming start- the handle right not yet. now. Not yet. Not okay. on his. Not on the people that he was. I'm like, Yo, letting- if your intention is just to drive them around and then drop them off. Like that's so inconvenient. And then now you have to like get out of yeah. the car, open the door I- for them. You're right. I should have saved that information for when he <laughs> did decide to start locking people in. Okay, fair enough. I just wanted to <laughs> but- make sure I knew where we were at. But no, I just figured I'd share that information mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I know. Sometimes so he's you got get his kill kids. You know, and he's you know he's starting to have his his fantasies come alive. Right. He, so he's driving people around. He starts driving with a gun in the car just to know that there's a gun in the car and he could do what he wanted. It was like a thrill for him. Yeah. It was, you know, really fun. And then he would fantasize about like, oh, I could just kill them right now. That's super exciting, right? Yeah. Everyone yeah. fantasizes <laughs> about <laughs> That's totally normal. But so after about a year of just simply like fantasizing about capturing someone in his car it's now may 1972 and he was finally ready to start living out his fantasies Mm -hmm. he claims to have been having so may 1972 ed picked up two 18 year old roommates from uh, fresno state college marianne pesky and anita luchessa and drove them to a secluded cul-de-sac area um i don't know the road name it was just secluded okay, becky no one's gonna come i know that. i'm so sorry guys what was the name of the road <laughs> you never know i know i know i, I, know I don't exactly know how you're feeling right now i'm so sorry it's okay <laughs> this is where he like really decided to finally just live it out he's bringing his wildest fantasies to life he pulled a gun on the girls prior to pulling off to the secluded area to basically be like something's about to fucking go down you two once pulled off and stopped there, he put Anita Luchessa in the trunk of his car and then, you know, shifted his focus on Marianne, who was in the main part of the cab part of the car, not the trunk. Um, he had handcuffed Marianne, laid her across the back seat face down. He put a plastic bag over her head and then attempted to strangle her with some terry cloth that he had just had. I don't know. In his kill kit. I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It didn't say in his kill kit. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was just for yeah. other everyday purposes. Yeah. That was just for spills <laughs> He's <stuff>. improvising. <laughs> yeah. He's like, ah, screw the kill kit. Um, but she had bit a hole in the plastic bag and the, like, it had, you know, opened. So he panicked, apparently. Oh. Um, Ed pulled out his knife and then stabbed her repeatedly in her back and sides and stomach area. Eventually he slashed her throat, which we will later hear his famous line said in all of his interviews. And it's repeated in the show mind hunter that he slit her throat ear to ear. It has to be ear to ear. So he claims. Right. So I'm going to talk about something Ed always talks about in his interviews, which there's no fact to corroborate this. These women aren't alive to share their side of the story, yet everybody eats this story up like it's factual information and 
it's the stupidest thing. He claims that, you know, when people are like, well, why didn't you just stab her in the heart? Like you, you, he claims to feel so bad that she wasn't dying right away because he was stabbing her in the sides and the back. That's just going to injure her. It's going to take a really long time to end her that way. Yeah. So people had apparently asked him why he didn't just stab her in the heart and he says well that's where her breast is and that would just be so embarrassing for me to touch her breast people claim that he also had said oh i'm so sorry after touching one of their breasts and it's like how do you know that how do you know that he actually mid-murder stopped and apologized for touching this girl's breast if, if that's because he told you that probably don't believe him yeah yeah, we have no idea. Yeah. Like you said, we only have his side of the story. But again, everything I've ever read, people are like, oh my God, he's so like this and he apologized. And you don't fucking know this. No. Like, and, and then another fact I want to talk about, because this is something I notice in his interviews that like for some reason also people don't talk about is when I say that he talks about his life as if it's somebody else's story and not his own personal memory is because he'll refer to certain victims with it, either not saying their name or if he does say their name, like it, it's normal. But like, for example, like Anita Luchessa, he refers to her as the Luchessa girl, as if he read it in a newspaper. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so he'll say like, oh, the Luchessa girl, the Luchessa girl. And it's like, but you knew her name and you're supposed to be recounting your personal memory. I wouldn't be like, oh, oh, the the Giles girl about you. Like I would be like, oh, mm, Haley. Haley yeah exactly even like, if i had only met you once i wouldn't be like oh the the brown haired one i like that yeah. would almost seem more if he was like oh yeah the brown haired one not the blonde one like if he referred to them by like a facial distinction like that would be more be believable of him yeah i, I, I understand just, what you're saying it's very weird it's, it's a very odd weird phrasing for me it. i i wonder if it's a detaching that's what thing, i'm wondering right? if it's Where, for him to like remove himself or yeah. to like because if he said maybe if he said anita like maybe that feels too personal for him I possibly don't know. yeah and that's that could very well be it but it was just like such interesting phrasing that yeah. he uses that i'm like i don't know it's like you're telling someone else's story Absolutely. so yeah maybe yeah. that is his way of just like pretending he didn't do it i don't know so after he did this to Marianne, he then went to the trunk of the car, obviously covered in Marianne's blood, and said to Anita, oh, you got to come with me. Your friend got smart with me, so I had to hit her, and I think I broke her nose. Come with me to check on her. And she's, like, freaking out because she's like, well, you fucking put me in the trunk. Like, I don't want to come with you anyway. Yeah. yeah. So he removed Anita from the trunk and, like, forced her out. Um, he then used a larger knife than what he had used on Marianne and began to stab her repeatedly as well and eventually killed her of course by stab wounds. So he stashed both of their bodies in his trunk. Then he drove around for a little while, like I think several hours trying to figure out what to do with their bodies because I don't think he had fully planned that part out right. yet. Um, he actually at one point was pulled over with the girls in his trunk. This was because of a burnt out brake light but of course, charming old dad actually knew the officer that pulled him over because remember, he works on the highway division and he also goes to the jury room all the time and chats it up and with all the local police them, yeah. and, you know, they're beer buddies. So he charmed his way out of that. Oh, yeah, I'll go fix my brake light and see you later. I've read people be like, well, how come the officer didn't notice blood everywhere? Well, I will debunk that for you. He had a kill kit. He had like a change of clothes. There was pl plastic. He probably relatively cleaned up well at the scene because yeah. i've seen people argue that where they're like well how did the officer not know 
the officer might not have noticed if well, it was also, nighttime if you like have like i don't I, I don't know what the car looks like like i'm thinking hypothetically if you have like black leather seats it might not you show. wipe everything off and i'm then imagining though, if there's like remnants like you yeah. I, I don't know if it's like white seats or something yeah. like that might but be harder back then they only have beige because i'm picturing beige. <laughs> it's only beige <laughs> it's only beige <laughs> <laughs> but again like you said he had plastic he probably had he had terry claws <laughs> <laughs> well he had a kill kit i'm gonna imagine, imagine. Had, like they're like uh he had like a mr clean magic eraser <laughs> <laughs> he has some windex back there <laughs> for wet jet <laughs> so i'm imagining he cleaned up because i know i've seen people be like well so yeah shut the fuck up um he eventually went back home where he took the bodies into the apartment i think using what i had seen a few times as like large like gym bag style bags you know what i mean like like hockey bags. like hockey bags yeah that's, that's what i'm picturing yeah, yeah it didn't say hockey bags but that's where but my like, brain that's what went we would call it yeah, yeah. um to carry them in anyways apparently no one saw him bring bodies into the apartment so there's that i don't know what i don't know exactly what time of night this was so maybe it was just like a time where no one's out in the halls looking at him i don't fucking know That's possible. so he brings their bodies inside and cuts off their hands and decapitates them trigger warning this part's gross he then raped both of their bodies repeatedly and stored them in his closet for a few days before dis- disposing of them uh, Marianne's body was uh, buried in the plastic bag that he had used to try and suffocate her. And later, Ed uh, led police to this site like after his confession. Um, he kept both their heads, though, for a little while after disposing of the actual body portions of them. And then eventually, he also disposed of their heads in a ravine. I don't know what ravine. Um, Marianne- Damn it, Becky! I'm so sorry, guys. I want to know the ravine. I, I'll find People out. People listening to this are going to... They, they want to go on the Ed Kemper tour. You, you can. There's a lot of places you can go to. Maybe I'll like list all the spots you should go to in like an episode, like a Instagram post or something. <laughs> so Marianne's body was found and identified in August of that year, I believe. Neither Anita's head nor her body was ever found. Really? Yeah. Wow. We're going to pause here before jumping into the rest of the murders because there's more, y'all. Lots. Lots more. All right. So let's fucking pause right here, bitch. I don't know why I just got like so violent to everybody, <laughs> but it's probably because I'm hot. I'm like, yes, like pause here. I need to open this goddamn window. Overheated strings into like a gangster. <laughs> I'll fuck you up. <laughs> um, so yeah. All right. Pause for part three. Pause for part three. Yeah. And if anyone's thinking of sending me birthday presents, like I like, I like money. I like mugs. I like cheesecake. <laughs> I like money. <laughs> I like mooses. Draw me pictures of mooses. Haley painted me a picture of a moose and I'm very happy about it. <laughs> my favorite made you a moose card and everything i love it i love you the moose oh my god i love you the moose <laughs> yeah i love yep. a good pun too like that I got know. me that got me i know that about oh. you as well yeah becky, becky loves puns she loves moose love it she, she loves yeah. money <laughs> i was also okay oh, <laughs> yeah that was actually i shouldn't have said that let's just cut <laughs> that out. and send me segue cards. to our patreon no. <laughs> so anyway send me all your money um Oh, I was thinking of, you know, how we've been trying to think of something cool to call our patrons. Uh-huh. What about minions? Oh, it popped into my head on the drive here. I was like, ah, minions. Oh, I like that. Let's let's see how other people like it. We'll take a vote. We'll take something. a vote. Minions yeah. or nothing. <laughs> 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 yeah. So sign up to be a super cool possible minion and join our cult of extremely <laughs> awesome people who love true crime at patreon.com slash how to not get killed which you're definitely going to want to sign up asap to get access to october's bonus patreon only episode 
yeah and other cool stuff sometimes we just like post things on there you know mm-hmm. and have like cool conversations so and and yeah and to be honest like the more people that we get signed up the more we can do stuff like the aside more... from the bonus episodes and yeah. things like that but it's gonna be the last bonus episode we did was super interactive and everything yeah. and i would love oh, to get more people so fun on there. i want to yeah it was so fun yeah so yeah yeah the more patreon the more members we yeah. get the more things we can plan too exactly and the faster we'll be able to get like a website going because like even like the website like every, everything yeah everything takes time time and, and money, money and, and, and we want to like, get some merch going yeah like, we got lots of plans, we, we have guys. lots of ideas for merch like okay yeah. good stuff so yeah sign up we would really appreciate it we still appreciate you even if you don't sign up but of course no we still appreciate you, know, you but you get extra love and, and you, again yeah. if you like we always say if you can't um right now sign up to the patreon That's leave okay. us a review on apple podcast yes. we'd love that you don't have to pay anything for that but no. it, it does a lot for us it does um it, it makes me happy and follow us on instagram like yeah all of that stuff helps too yep so, follow us on instagram at how to not get killed if you want to just yeah. talk to us you can send us a dm on there mm. or you can email us email to, us send us emails guys i know i i get Chat. so excited when someone sends us an email i know I like message you right away and I'm like, did you get that fucking email? It was amazing. <laughs> There's a new email in the inbox. <laughs> it's like spam and I'm like, did you get that? <laughs> um, so yeah, email us how to not get killed at gmail.com and yeah. Yeah. And that's that's it. Have a spooky day. <gasps> yeah. Have a very spooky day. Spooky every day yeah. of October. And keep it sleazy. Bye. Bye.